Nowadays, there's stuff, and there's stuff you don't need to know. A podcast that talks about geek and nerd culture and brings you the things that you want to hear about. What's up, know-it-alls? You got stuff you don't need to know. I'm Jay. Let's get down to it. So the holidays are fast approaching. Uh, holiday time usually means Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa time. Traditionally, a great time of year to give gifts. So of course, you know all the toy manufacturers, video game producers, and all that are really in a rush to get all their stuff out to you. And you know, today's episode is no exception. Uh, last week, I picked up the latest offering from Ubisoft, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and we're going to talk a little bit about it today. Now, before I really kind of go any further, here's the thing. Before I picked up uh, Valhalla, uh, a week or two before that, uh, Ubisoft's other game, Watch Dogs Legion, came out, and I picked it up with the full intent of doing a review on it. However, I don't know if you guys are aware or not, but there are a lot of issues with Watch Dogs Legion. Um, I'm going to kind of talk about it really briefly before we get into Valhalla, but uh, the big issue is is the darn thing keeps crashing. Your save files keep locking up. Um, it's a bit frustrating. Uh, as of this recording, I know they've kind of put out two major patches. Uh, after the first big patch, I played again. Uh, I did run into the same issues of the game just crashing, freezing, locking up. Fortunately, I have not had had any issues with my save file, but after the second kind of big patch, I really haven't had a chance to play because Valhalla came out and I have totally immersed myself in that. And I think what we're seeing here is, is look, both Microsoft and Sony have put out, you know, their big systems, the PS5, of course, and the Xbox Series X or Series S, depending on which one that you buy. And quite clearly, any games that are going to come out, you know now and and you know for the next several months sure they're going to be on the you know what is now the older generation series you know your ps4 your xbox one yeah they're going to make versions for that but are they going to try really hard for it no they're going to really be pushing this content for the next generation your ps5 your xbox series x or s and, I mean, it really, really kind of shows. I mean, another game that I picked up that I really wanted to review was NBA 2K21. But quite clearly, the developers really didn't give two craps about, you know, the PS4 or Xbox One users because it it's, I mean, look, whenever, you know, the 2K series kind of progresses year to year, there's, you know, there's some... Um, issues and you know are they really trying that hard to make the game better and clearly you know with like i said what's now the older generation you know game consoles they just don't care granted that you know with my nba 2k with marvel's avengers with a couple of other games valhalla is one of them yeah, they give you a code for that when you get that next generation, you know, uh, device, which, as you know, is really almost impossible to get. Yeah, you know, you can upgrade to it, but it's like, it's going to be a while. Uh, I've, I've looked online, I've tried to get a PS5, excuse me, I've tried to get an Xbox X, 
and it's it's just nearly impossible. I mean, it's going to be quite a while before I get either one of those systems. So in the meantime, I don't know, put a little effort in, guys, and, and let us kind of enjoy, you know, the games that we have on our current consoles. Now, that brings us to Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I mean, Assassin's Creed, I mean, this series has been around forever. And yeah, you know, as the series kind of progresses, clearly they kind of get away from this whole battle between the Assassins and the Templars. I mean, I don't want to say that they fully get away from it, but, you know, going back to that first Assassin's Creed game, uh, you, you know, with with the Animus and, you know, you're playing sort of like the DNA stream of like a distant relative and you're really being used to try to help find a piece of Eden and where it is to kind of what we have now. It's almost like that sort of modern day story of this battle between Templars and Assassins really, really, really takes a backseat. And even in the games, you know, early on, you know, uh, with Altair or with Ezio, I mean, we really kind of see that battle between the Assassins and the Templars and, and fighting pieces of Eden and, and, and struggling for power and kind of being these sort of like two secret organizations that are really kind of running things and, and pulling strings behind the scenes. I mean, even here in Valhalla, I mean, uh, you know, uh, granted, I'm only about maybe 20, 25 hours in. Yeah, I could see where we're going with the Assassins and the Templars, but, you know, it's clearly, clearly taking a back seat. However, that's not necessarily a bad thing. So let's talk a little bit about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, I'm going to keep things very light on spoilers, uh, you know, for gameplay and for story and all that. I'm really just kind of focusing on the whole experience and... Like I said, unlike some of the other games that I talked about, unlike, you know, Watch Dogs Legion and NBA 2K21, which which clearly are solely, solely focused on the next generation consoles and what they gave us for the current generation consoles was really very, very weak. I mean, and even with Watch Dogs Legion, I, I, it's, it's not so much. I mean, the game is a great game. The graphics are great. The gameplay is great. It's just there's so many technical issues. I mean, granted, the, the, this latest patch could have fixed everything, but I'm just so immersed in other stuff right now that it'll probably be a while before I go back to it. Um... You know, I mean, I mean, I'm definitely going to go back to it. Maybe I'll just wait to get a new system and just start all over on my new system. I don't know, but we're here to talk about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So, you know, one of the one of the big things with this game is it's it's really a huge, massive open world. There is so much to do. There is so much to explore. The graphics kind of do take a bit of a backseat. And again, I think, you know, yeah, this is where we see that they're really kind of prepping for, you know, the next gen or what is now the current gen consoles. And the graphics kind of slide back a little bit. But you know what? It's really, really not that bad. Um, the gameplay is absolutely amazing. You know, if you've played any kind of Assassin's Creed game, you know that the gameplay is very, very smooth. Um, you know, there's there's no issues there with moving your character, with learning the combat. Just like, you know, in, in games past, I mean, everything seems to flow really, really well. Uh, the protagonist in this story is a Viking by the name of Eivor. Now, what's really interesting is, is when the story starts off... Um, Eivor is a child, and when you see Eivor, it's kind of ambiguous. Is Eivor, 
is Eivor a boy? Is Eivor a girl? You know, because of the age and everything and the fact that the head is kind of shaved, um, it is a bit hard to tell. So what's really interesting is, is as Eivor's, you know, intro as the prologue kind of begins, all of a sudden we're hit with an issue. So clearly somebody is in an animus, somebody is playing a DNA timeline, you know, again, looking for clues. And they have, and they're using Avor's DNA. But what uh, the operator is kind of telling us here is that what's interesting is, is within this one stream or this one strand of DNA, there's actually two two strands embedded, a male version and a female version. Uh, and basically, what we're told is, is like, okay, what would you like to do? Would you like to play Avor as female? Would you like to play Avor as male? Or there's that third option where you kind of play as both and the gender is sort of dictated by the story. So sometimes you'll be female. Sometimes you'll be male. It'll switch back and forth. Kind of seemed interesting. Um, I mean, maybe after I, I do a playthrough and I complete the game, maybe I'll go back and start over and try sort of like that transitional gameplay, that transitional timeline where I'm going to be both male and female could be pretty interesting. But the story here is is pretty, pretty good. It's, you know, uh, it's pretty much... I think what I really love about these Assassin's Creed game is, you know, they really do take a good look at history. They're very, very good historical games. I mean, you could see that they do put a lot of research into it. Uh, you know, anytime any of these games start up, there's always a big disclaimer at the top saying that how this has, you know, really been a painstakingly crafted story culled from, you know, history and myth and legend, you know, by a team of, you know, people of different creeds and colors and 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 races and genders and religious and spiritual beliefs. And, you know, you, you really do see it here. And I feel that they really do that with this story. And really what we're looking at here is, you know, Vikings as they're kind of coming out of Scandinavia and looking to settle elsewhere because you're actually in the extreme north of like the British Isles. You know, that factors into the story. Again, I really don't want to get in on spoilers. Um, but I think, you know, one of the things that's interesting is is early on, of course, you know, the idea of, of the assassins is brought in. Um, you know, the Vikings were explorers. Um, they didn't really just hang out in Scandinavia and, you know, maybe come over here to North America once or twice. Um, they've really kind of sailed around the world. And that's how the assassins are brought here to, you know, really the extreme north. Uh, a Viking did kind of go out for uh, what we gather is about two years, sort of like, you know, raiding and pillaging and questing and, you know, pretty much found his way to Constantinople where he met the Assassin's Guild. And that's how it's brought back here into this story. Uh, one of the things that's pretty interesting is, is, of course, right away, you know, Eivor gets uh, his or her, you know, depending I, I'm playing Eivor as a female, so I'm just going to say her going forward. Eivor gets her Assassin's Blade. And the thing is, is, you know, if you played this game at all, you know, early on uh, with Altair, um, there was the whole thing with the way the mechanism worked. Uh, the ring finger actually had to be removed. Um, it was seen as a sign of devotion to the Assassin's Order, but it was also, too, because of sort of like a glitch in the blade that if you had your ring finger and you activated your hidden blade, you you were going to lose it. Um Eivor is like, she's not all about that. She's like, yes, it's a beautiful weapon. It's great. It's amazing. I don't hide my weapons. And she really kind of clearly displays it. Uh, instead of it kind of being on the underside of the wrist, she puts it right on top. I mean, it's right there. It's absolutely amazing. 
Um, the combat, you know, the combat is great. Uh, the parkouring is great because you are totally outdoors. Uh, you're in the extreme north here, so you are climbing glaciers, you're climbing waterfalls, you're climbing mountains. Um, you know, the synchronization spots, which is kind of like a hallmark of the Assassin's Creed games. I mean, you are climbing to the extreme heights of some some mountains here. One thing that they do not have, which I do kind of miss, is the whole leap of faith thing. Uh, I think the first synchronization spot I got to, I got up there, usually, uh, especially kind of as the game begins and they're kind of, you know, cluing you in on how to do things. Usually they kind of say, like, perform a leap of faith and, you know, they tell you it's usually, you know, move forward and hit jump. I just naturally did it. And Eivor jumped pretty much from an extreme height. Uh, luckily, I landed um, like a cannonball, you know, in uh, in, in a lake. But uh, I was like, oh, okay, no leap of faith for Eivor. No problem at all. Um, the skill trees are very, very unique here because it really kind of dictates your gameplay style. Um you could be very, very stealthy. You could pretty much be almost like a berserker going out there. You could get different abilities and different types of skills, you know, special assassinations, special sort of moves. You know, if you've played the game, you know, you know how it goes with the skill trees. One thing that's really, really unique, though, is there seems to be sort of like, uh, well, Eivor is part of what is known as the Raven Clan. I, you know, there seem to be different clans all throughout, uh, Raven, Wolf, and Bear, uh, you can collect gear from all of them, and that's the thing is, is as you're going through these different skill trees, you'll actually see you can spend skill points on, you know, like right now I have a, a, a I'm pretty much decked out in all Raven gear, uh, you know, Raven armor, Raven shield, Raven axe, and that's the thing is, you know, you can spend skill points on things like that, like kind of enhancing that if you're wearing all Raven gear, you get certain boosts, you know, your gear will weigh less, so your endurance is better, uh, the armor's more effective, your weapons are more effective, and whatnot. That's pretty unique, too. Um, you know, a lot of hidden things to discover here. Uh, as you look at the map, you'll see that there's certain things to find. There's wealth that you can find, which is typically ingots, which you can use to upgrade your gear. There's mysteries that you could find, which are really very, very varied. Um, you know, some of them are solving puzzles that, you know, increase your experience and help you get skill points faster. Uh, some of them, you know, unlock you know, different types of armor, um, different types of tattoos, things like that. Uh, and there's artifacts as well that you can find, which are very, very difficult to find. Um, if you find the artifacts, there's usually different types of merchants in different types of towns that are very interested in artifacts and actually kind of specific artifacts. There are some that are very interested in Roman artifacts. There are some that are very interested in Greek artifacts and whatnot. You could sell them, you could trade them for better gear and whatnot. And it's, you know, again, overall, you know, I think that, yeah, you know, we're getting away and really, you know, you kind of see it in the last few games where this sort of modern day background story of, you know, the Assassins versus the Templars kind of takes a big backseat. And it's really focused on what's going on in the game, which is not a bad thing. The first few games, I mean, you really had a good balance of it, you know, with Desmond and, you know, Desmond playing as Altair, Desmond playing as Ezio, and, you know, doing Altair's story, doing Ezio's story, but also doing Desmond's story as well. I mean, it's really very, very captivating, but we've definitely gotten away from that. But again, for me, I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. 
I mean, overall, I, I mean, I think especially for the current generation, your PS4s, your Xbox Ones, I mean, I think Assassin's Creed is a great game. If you're lucky enough to have a PS5 or an Xbox X or an Xbox S, I, I can only imagine this game gets better. Uh, graphics would get better. Sound would be better. Uh, gameplay would probably be a little bit smoother. But I mean, all in all, for the current gen systems, I, I really have no issues with it at all. I think the gameplay, I think the gameplay is well. It definitely holds up. But one of the things I think with the Assassin's Creed series is, I think it's time to kind of wrap it up a bit. Um, I mean, Ubisoft can continue to make these sort of like historical type games. That would be great, but maybe not this whole Assassin's Creed thing. I mean, even when it was kind of announced that you know, the latest Assassin's Creed would be taking place during the Viking era. I really kind of questioned it. I'm like, how does this really kind of fit into the overall dynamic of Assassins versus Templars? And and yes, they do manage it. And yes, the modern day story still kind of plays out, but it really does take an extreme backseat to, to the going-ons of the game. Focus on the game, guys. You know, continue to make great historical games. Just, you know, leave out the whole Assassins versus Templars thing. Come up with something different or just, you know, just just make a historical game. And I would I would just I would love to play it. I think it would be great. Guys, do me a favor. Head on over to Instagram. Stuff you don't need to know is there. Uh, I talk. I post pictures about the content that I talk about. Know it all. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you guys later. You remember. When you were young and you wanted to say